All right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Ballhawks podcast. We are on our lucky number 13 episode. I am your host, Steve Fisher. I'm holding it down on the West Coast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SSFisher87. I am joined this week by only one guest this time, and you can probably guess who that is. He is coming on for his 13th straight episode as well. Um, this week, I had you down as the same show as last week, uh, the same Disney show, but you have been upgraded to my sidekick of Piglet this week, uh, Christopher Phillips. What's happening, dude? <laughs> hey, Steve, man. Happy to be here again. I, I was wondering if you were going to say that we we're uh, doing episode 13 or, or if we were going to do that whole um, hotel thing of like you know skipping the 13th floor and just going from 12 right to 14 like in grocery Um, stores uh, but i i guess we're we're embracing uh hopefully not the curse hopefully this isn't uh this isn't the last episode people we're we're coming back don't worry uh please keep listening uh wherever you are yeah it's not like the Uh, when you go into the grocery store and you're like okay uh okay we just went down aisle 12 wait a second where's the next one that that took me probably at least ten years of my life before I realized there was no uh, no aisle thirteen in in the grocery stores. You know what's funny? I was at the grocery store today, and I, in my almost thirty five years of life, have never noticed whether or not there's an aisle thirteen. So next week when I'm at the grocery sh- grocery store, <laughs> I'm I'm def- I'm looking for that. Um, but I, I have noticed it at, at hotels when I'm in the elevator that there is no 13th floor. Um, I don't know. I don't know about you. Like, I've never really understood that whole thing. Like, I'm not superstitious. I am a little stitious, but I, I've never understood the, uh, the the 13th floor thing. Just not superstitious. Just a little stitious. No, only a little stitious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you also uh, miss 100 percent of the shots that you don't take, um, as per Michael Scott. And or Wayne Gretzky, whatever. I, don't know. I just saw that on Twitter today and it just reminded me of how I need to go back and watch that series um, again. Uh, Chris, do you want to remind everyone where they can find you? Oh, yeah. Uh, you guys can find me over on Twitter as well. Um, look, I, you know, I was shocked that you remembered to include your Twitter Twitter handle. And I'm the guy that forgot this week. Uh, I'm over on Twitter at Phillips Chris 12. Uh, you can, of course, find the uh, podcast account at ballhawks underscore pod as well. Please go give us a follow. Um, don't forget to find us over on your favorite uh, uh, podcast platforms as well. Subscribe, rate, review, all those good things, except for that one person that left us a one-star review. Um, I've got some questions for you, but uh, that that's a conversation for another day probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to find you. Find your IP address and... Uh, you know, really make you want to give us a five star instead. I, I don't see how you couldn't. We're we're talking about the office here. Uh, Chris has been deemed piglet this week. Uh, you know, just just great content. I think I'm piglet because I'm such a good friend, though, right? That's right. Yeah, and, and you aren't such too, a grump like Eeyore. You know, I, I, at least I've up, I'm upgraded. I'm no longer a, a grumpy prick this week, so. <laughs> Two, two weeks in a row, guys. I've showed up in a good mood. Yay, we're doing it. 
I, I expect a uh, some sort of certificate on my doorstep in the morning, uh, congratulating me on my uh, smiling face. <laughs> you tried today. Be happy. <laughs> So uh, I was thinking about t- talking about the grocery store and the whole 13th aisle. I was thinking about it today when I was parking at the grocery store. Do you ever notice that like when you're parking your car that you park better depending like if you're turning left or turning right? I definitely park better when I turn left. If I'm turning right, I- I'll get within the lines, but usually one of the tires it will be hugging a line. Usually if I'm turning, if I'm turning right, I've, I've got to like to like, make it actually better i'll have to back in when i'm going right but when i'm going left i've got to just turn right in do you ever like do you ever notice that i can honestly say that has never crossed my mind it's Mm. i feel like you know you got two yellow lines you put the vehicle in the middle um yeah i think i think the wheel works the same way no matter whether uh you're turning right or left but uh maybe that's like a because you're closer to the left side Maybe. I don't know. Although you, you you did call me an overthinker the other day, so maybe I'm just overthinking about how I park. Yeah. You're like, oh no, I gotta I gotta turn the wheel across my body here. What happens if I don't see that ant on the ground? Um I also don't pull into parking lots forward very much anymore because obviously we just got our truck last year and everything is back in so it's easier getting right. out. So I've kind of adopted that, even though we we still have a car, um, I definitely back into everything now. It's just become like sort of like second habit now. Um, so we we kind of teased you guys earlier today on our social media that we had some uh, really big news. Uh, it kind of happened on Friday. And, uh, Chris, why don't you, uh, I'll give you the honors of dropping the, uh, the bomb on everybody here. Big news. Did I miss something? Um, <laughs> was I there for that? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, Steve just told me right before you're jumping on here tonight that I was the one to reveal this information. And so I just had to, I don't know, throw, a little bit of uh, a wrench in his plan there. Um, yeah, big news, guys. Uh, we have now joined the Dean Blundell Network. Uh, air high five to Steve. Uh, we did not expect this to happen. I mean, we're two months into podcasting, and we just joined the largest podcast network in all of Canada. Uh the Dean Blundell Network has a wide array of podcasts on their network. Everything from football to hockey to cannabis. There's one guy talking about coffee. Um, it's just, it's it's wild. Um, we, we never expected this to happen. We had a meeting with Dean on uh, Friday. And uh, we are just, just very, very thankful, very gracious. Um, I'm sure Steve has uh, has something to add to that as well. Yeah, we uh, obviously a huge thanks to Dean uh, for meeting with us, for listening to our spiel. And uh, it it was kind of just like that instant click chemistry, like everything that he said on what he wants the network to be and what it is already. We kind of like 
we, we just felt like it was such a good fit for us. Um, just a seamless fit. Um, and a, a huge thanks to our buddy, Ryan Hank, who set that meeting up, who, uh, their podcast, the PP one podcast is also on the Blundell network. Um, yeah, just super no. happy to be on that, uh, on that team and network with, with some of the people that are there. We've, I think we've been introduced to about three or four of the guys there already who are helping us set that up. So hopefully maybe even by the time this episode drops, we will have our credentials for the site and we will be blogging and posting our stuff on there. So you can find us, uh, on, uh, deanblundell.com. Um, a couple things to add there. First of all, no shout out to Ryan Hank. Um, I, I can officially say that now because everybody has seen the video and I lost to Ryan and I'm bitter about it. And that's why I was Eeyore a couple weeks ago. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm putting it out there. I've already let him know um, in private, but I want to put it out there in public. Uh, I have issued a, uh, a, a rematch to Ryan. We're, we're doing, we're running it back. We're doing this again next year. We'll make it bigger. We'll, we'll make it better. Uh, keep an eye out for the fundraising page. Uh, as we mentioned a couple weeks ago and, uh, Ryan, uh, you know, uh, you better be sleeping with one eye open, looking over your shoulder, bud, cause I'm, I'm coming for you. Um, although, uh, I guess maybe I'll be looking over my shoulder this time because you'll be behind me. Um, Ooh. he said, what? <laughs> and as, uh, the other thing I wanted to mention is, yeah, Steve mentioned blog. So keep an eye out for the ball Hawks blog. Uh, it is coming. It'll be on uh, DeanBlundell.com. Uh, we'll be bringing all sorts of things to you guys. NFL news, fantasy news, uh, maybe even some, I don't know, maybe we'll even start getting into some uh, football betting news and, you know, talking about betting against the, the spread, the over, the uh, over, under, or what, whatever it is. I mean, I mean we're, we're going to have some fun with this. Uh, we're going to start bringing maybe some of that content on the, onto the podcast as well. Um, and I mean, as we say every week, if, if you guys want to see something or if you have any questions, reach out to us on, on Twitter, we're, we're happy to interact with you guys and, uh, you know, bring what you're looking for onto the show and onto our, uh, soon to be blog. Yeah. Good, good point. Bringing that up. Um, when we met with Dean, uh, really cool guy told us, some some things we can start getting into. And it was just, it was fun hearing, you know, where we can take this thing. And like Chris said, only two months in and. Uh, getting some pretty massive opportunities already. So uh, really happy to to be part of that team. And we also wanted to give out a quick little shout out to uh, all of the countries that we are in now. This was this one always gets to me because I, I think like who outside of like my Kelowna peeps um, and maybe even just like BC wants to really listen to us. But we are in 11 countries now. So obviously Canada uh, U.S., U.K., Italy, Germany, Serbia, Russia, Brazil, New Zealand, uh, France, and Uruguay. So big shout out to the people that are listening halfway, quarter way, three quarters of the way around the world. That's pretty cool. We really appreciate you guys uh, tuning in to listen to us. And uh, bef- Chris, before we get started on this, um, have you seen the... The, the football players showing up at NHL playoff games recently. <laughs> yes, I, uh, I have, I, I assume you're talking about, uh, Dan Feeney. You're talking about Taylor Lewan. 
showing up at their, um, I guess, respective local teams playoff games uh, and so uh, slamming a beer and having a good time. <laughs> I've uh, I've actually got I've got them queued up on on YouTube here. Let's let's watch them together yeah. here let's, and uh, let's have a reaction and enjoy them. them. Yeah. There's Feeney just chugging a beer and I just slamming the beer can against his head and look at that beautiful mullet and mustache combo like just unreal right he is so fired up there like that first of all that is a phenomenal that is a 10 out of 10 mullet mustache combination and if you are gonna go to a hockey rink in the playoffs front center um with that you better be slamming a beer and then repeatedly smashing it on your face and getting fired up for your team i I, I love that video and like his teammates, like half of them are, you know, getting amped up with him. And then there's the ones that kind of look like they're like, ah, Dan, you know, uh, we're probably on like the big screen. Maybe we should calm it down. And it seems to like get him fired up even more. And he's like, oh, I'll smash it a couple more times. Yeah. The guy reacting that way was Zach Wilson, who also didn't know how to react at the NFL draft. His guys are making like hand signs around him. And like, he's just the, kind of that awkward guy at the back of the room being like, I'm just, I'm just here to like have fun, guys, and like I, I, I hope you accept me. And um, did that beer um, can hurt just, when it hit you in the face? Yeah. Okay. Let's watch the Lawan one really quick here, and then we'll, we'll discuss about you know which ones, uh, I guess which ones better. I mean, first of all, let's talk about Lawan's mustache and the, the how he's got it curled up at the ends there. There he is with his daughter holding her up, waving to the fans. You know, doing the, doing the good dad thing. He's there with his wife, which. Uh, fun fact, uh, Taylor Lewan's wife is from the uh, the same area of British Columbia that we are. Um, his little throwback to 2018 when he's there with all his boys from uh, from the Titans, the entire O-line. They were chugging beers off a of catfish. And here we go. New, current day, just slamming a beer, ripping the tarps off, showing off the tattoos, which, I mean, I don't know about you guys, about you, but this guy does not look like an offensive lineman, hey? Yeah, he, he kind of looks like a like a hybrid like maybe like a really jacked up tight end or something like that. yeah like i i love the second beer he called for that second beer from a fan he was like hey throw me your beer and so like, if you look closely i thought it was a beer you need to watch it back i think they're red bulls they no they, are you sure they right, i thought they might be red bulls you might have to yeah, watch it like really carefully <laughs> Yeah, let's let's fast forward here. Oh, so he's just uh, for people listening. He's just getting the video up. We we are going to post these ones uh, on our new YouTube channel that we'll uh, post in the bio here. No, that's not. A, there's no way that's a Red Bull. Yeah, that's I, some sort of tallie. I think we like might have like, to. We might like have a, to bring that one to Twitter. Hey, like. Maybe it's Maybe like a we'll... Cronenberg, like 1664 or something. Like, there's no way that's right. Here comes um, the second one. You know, no, what we there's need to, no... you know what we need to do with this one? Since uh, you and Taylor are uh, our buddies on Twitter there, um, he constantly replies to your your tweets. I think we need to tweet it out and uh, settle this. Was it a Red Bull? Was it a Tolly? If it was a Tolly, what was your brand? What, what was the fan you... drinking? I'm going to do you one better. Because I mean, let's be real. We're gonna those bring Taylor the one like, into to guest on the pod to talk about it. I'm gonna do my best because okay. let's let's watching those two videos. Dan Feeney actually drinks his beer. 
Taylor Luan like dumps it all over himself. He he does the old Stone Cold Steve Austin like I maybe got a mouthful. He probably dumped half of it on his poor wife there. Luckily the kid was safe, um, but you know poor Taylor uh, got half that beer dumped all over. It's all over her hat. You can see it there. I mean, all you, running, you don't marry Taylor Luan without knowing you're going to get some beers like dumped on you, right? I just I just want to put it out there. I want to know whether it was beer or if it was Red Bull, and I want to challenge taylor lewan to come on the ball hawks podcast and let's have a beer chugging contest <laughs> now before you go and embarrass yourself on a second consecutive video uh, hey, just I'm remember i have seen you try to chug beer and you know what if you have to make a fool of yourself to get taylor lewan on here um i am more than okay with you doing that so Taylor, we know you're listening. Uh, We will shout you out on Twitter, but we know you're listening to this anyways. So there is your official challenge. I'm willing to do it. Taylor, you tell me what your favorite local Kelowna beer is, because I I know you've come here a few times in the summer with with your wife to visit the in-laws. Tell me what your local favorite Kelowna beer is. I'll I'll. Run out! I'll grab some of those, and I will make this. Uh, I will make that part of my chugging challenge against you. Oh my goodness! I I am so looking forward to this because uh, people think we're joking around, but uh, Chris did this thing. Uh, I can't even remember how long ago it was, and uh, you consistently get replies from Taylor Lewan on Twitter. So, do I think there's a chance? <laughs> Just maybe we might see a beer chugging competition with Taylor Lewan. I, I I will admit I haven't received a reply from Taylor since he recovered from the knee injury. And uh, I can't remember what his English alter ego is. Um, but I did get his English alter ego to discuss hockey with me quite a bit. Um, now, there was one other thing I wanted to quickly discuss with the Dan Feeney uh, video. Because as we mentioned, Zach Wilson's there. The entire offensive line is is there. Um, that just spells trouble. Um, oh, looks yeah. like a, it, it looks like it's a boys' night out. It's a boys' trip. You never know what happens on a boys' trip. And as I sent to you earlier tonight, Steve, that's what happens on boys' trips. Ugh. That pic, that picture right Oof. there is what happens on boys' trips. And I, I, I will share this for everyone else to see. <laughs> but uh, just to explain it for those that are listening, it's a picture of me with a mustache and a little soul patch underneath. And uh, I, I dyed them black, um, which for anyone that doesn't know, I, I have a red beard. Oh. So I dyed my mustache black. It was a boys weekend. I was at a lacrosse tournament. Um, I came home that weekend with a black mustache and oh man was uh I, I she wasn't my wife at the time i don't even i think we were <laughs> engaged we weren't married yet and uh i came home that weekend with a black mustache and i walk in the door and she's like what is that on your face <laughs> go shave right now <laughs> and uh i didn't i was like nope i'm going to work like this at least one more day i have to go to work like this and yeah, you kind of got to stand your ground right Oh, ever since that that weekend, anytime I go away for like a a boys weekend or a boys night, like my wife's just so nervous that like I'm going to come home with a black mustache or something is like some other, uh, I guess, 
um, trouble or, I don't know, I'm going to do something stupid anytime I go on a, on a boys weekend or boys night out. I, I, I remember the last one was at a, uh, a live wrestling event in Penticton. And let's just say I, I ran through the parking lot with a fake championship like toy belt running around just yelling in everyone's face the champ is here and oh man like just i i did ask tacky about it he's got some some good stories about that night out too well i'm a little disappointed that uh in our ball hawks versus pp1 uh event at uh the turf that you did not bring that championship belt and just you know just a little extra like swag in your step I lost that championship belt to my daughter. Ah, uh, classic. Yeah. She's yeah. tougher than you. She made her she first is. appearance on the podcast last week. She she yeah. probably should have been wearing the belt. Yeah. Um, okay, we have a bit of a slower week in the NFL, uh, but we definitely have some things to talk about. And, of course, the first one, our uh, our good buddy, friend of the show, Frequent subscriber Tony Khan is making news for all what seems to be the wrong reasons once again. And we'll we'll include uh, Daddy Shot in there as well, because uh, this first story I saw a couple days ago is I, I, don't, I don't know whether to like laugh at them to be like, well, it's not that big of a deal. So the, the thing on draft night, I guess what happened was the Jags were down to like just a couple minutes left in their first pick, which by the way, um, people talk about that first pick and they're like, you had 10 minutes. You knew you were picking Trevor Lawrence. Why did it take so long? And I always thought about that. Like, this is such a waste of time. Pick Lawrence. Let's get this over with and let's move on to the next pick so we can actually get some things going that we may not know. Or maybe, you know, we knew Zach Wilson was going too. So like speed it up a little bit. Um, and I think what they do is they, they keep it for as long as they can for free publicity for their team, uh, in front of a national media. And so the joke, or I guess like the tables quickly turned on the Jaguars and there's, there's this really hilarious video of them in their war room and they are down to minutes. They call Trevor Lawrence and they get his voicemail. And you can just see everybody kind of like panic look at each other. And they're like, you know, whoever this other guy is in the Jaguars franchise runs up to the GM, uh, shows them the phone number. They, you know, like, did you type the right number in? So they try a second time. It goes to voicemail again. Now, my first question was like, how did you not know it was Trevor Lawrence? Did Does Trevor Lawrence just have one of those voicemails that's like, you have reached 555. Oh, like there's no like this is Trevor Lawrence, whatever. <laughs> Um, so, you know, they're starting to panic a little bit here. They call him a third time voicemail again. And now they're kind of wondering like, what's going on? Like, we do not need this kind of stress right before we're about to make our franchise altering pick. And finally on the fourth one, they actually get him. But I just thought it was kind of funny, like such a dumpster fire of a team. Um, (sighs) For so long, they've just been doing things the wrong way. And I'll, I'll keep going back to this thing where, you know, they had the uh, the Bears came into Jacksonville to play a, a road game and they didn't want the Jags to to win, obviously, because then, you know, maybe the Jets would have got the first overall pick and they 
cheer for Mitchell Trubisky to score a touchdown in their own team's stadium while some of them are just swimming in the big pool. Uh, so I just, I don't know if you watched the video, Chris, but I just think it's hilarious how they they even ruin a first overall pick by like getting Trevor Lawrence's voicemail three times. I, uh, I, I did see the video and I thought it was hilarious. Like, uh, of course they, they had shod, uh, con on the video talking about the whole situation. He, he didn't look quite as desperate as, as son, Tony, um, <laughs> maybe just a little, you know, maybe just a little desperate, not like super desperate. Like, uh, like, like Tony does, uh, constantly on Twitter. Um, I just, I wonder how often those sorts of things happen. Um, I mean, I know personally myself, like when my, I mean, I, I mentioned this, I think last week that I'm in, I'm in, uh, sales and it's my cell phone number on my business card. So like when my phone rings on my day off, like I send everything to voicemail on my days off, but you would think when you're Trevor Lawrence, you're expected to be the first overall draft pick. Even if you're not expected to be the first overall draft pick, it's draft night. You're a draft prospect. You're uh, you're going to get drafted. You would think if your phone rings, you answer it. Right. Especially when like when you see a phone number comes in, come in. Um, you know, I don't know what kind of phone Trevor Lawrence uses, but on my iPhone, when I see a phone call come in, and it's you know whatever area code, if it's not a number that's saved in my phone, it tells me what area that number is from. Right. So like you would think you would see like, oh, Jacksonville, Florida. I know who this is. Hey, guys, how's it going? <laughs> but even when he like after sending it to voicemail three times and Urban Meyer finally like it's like, oh, man, like, OK, like, let me try. And Trevor Lawrence <laughs> finally answers that call. He even answers that call. It's like, uh, hello, like he didn't didn't know who was going to be on the other on the other end of the of the phone. Um, I just, it, it's so bizarre. It's such a bizarre scenario when I was watching it. Part of me was wondering, like, can the Jaguars not just send the pick in without making the phone call to Trevor Lawrence? Like, I don't know what the, the, the proper guidelines are there or like, you know, I mean, it, it, they can do really whatever they want. I, I think the phone call is just a, uh, a, a formality or, uh, I don't know, respect thing or wh- whatever it may be like, Hey man, like just a heads up, we're going to take you here. But, um, so like Trevor Lawrence can say like, Oh no, 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 don't, don't, don't take me here. Um, <laughs> you, I mean, sh- only- you shouldn't do that actually. Um, yeah. I, th- I think only Eli Manning can do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> and, and even I don't know if it's like, I don't know if half of this stuff is like um, formality or if they do this stuff mainly for television, kind of like the event of the whole draft. I, I don't know if that's what it all is, but I thought the same thing too. Like, look, I try and call a guy three times. Like, uh, to be honest, you get one phone call. You don't pick up. I'm not calling you back. Like, it's a, it's on you to call me back at that point. Maybe I'll give you like, since I don't know who this is like we just have like a phone number for him maybe i'm gonna dial it a second time in case i made it made a human error and you know typed in the wrong number or something like that but um yeah they they will go back to uh tony's favorite thing they kind of looked a little desperate calling him all those times like i don't know maybe like maybe the jags should take a hint like i we i don't want to play with you so uh here's zach's number he's just he's just not that into you tony (laughs) great movie (laughs) drops going on here uh 
so the other thing that's kind of, uh, I guess, put the Jags in the limelight. And... Wait, 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 wait. Oh, okay. I just thought... Sorry, I just thought of one really other really good uh, also movie drop. Um, how to lose the first overall draft pick in 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> just some great 90s uh, rom-com drops over here. Yeah, you can tell what Chris uh, does in those sleepless Seattle nights of his. Okay. <laughs> hey, yeah, there we go. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the Jags are also clearly making some headway with their uh, official now signing of Tim Tebow. Uh, they did sign him to a uh, vet, I guess, minimum contract, whatever those are. I think it's like nine. I heard that they actually like fully signed him, like whatever they are, 925 or whatever that number is. Um, that part I'm not you know, so crazy about, I I think they do that with most veterans that you bring in, you have to guarantee them a certain amount of money. If he doesn't make the 53 man roster, it doesn't actually count against your salary cap. Uh, but it ensures that a guy still gets paid for his services when he shows up to camp and stuff like that. Um, first of all, I don't know if you saw the video of him walking in behind, uh, Marvin Jones, but he's got like, he's got his gloves on. And then I I should have saved the tweet. One like a former player or a current player tweeted him back. Did you see that? And it was like, hey, bud, uh, just to let you know, you don't have to put your gloves on for at least another 30 to 45 minutes. And I just thought that tweet summed everything up for me in what this whole shebang is. Do you remember who it was? I don't remember who it was either. I remember seeing that tweet and laughing as well. And like, like you said, it, it's just... I mean, it's a guy that doesn't know what the hell he's doing. Um, it, you, yeah, you're. It's a one-year, nine hundred and twenty thousand dollars contract with whatever. It's peanuts. Who cares? Yeah. Um, but I mean, we're talking about a thirty. He'll be thirty-four when the season starts. So a thirty-three-year-old athlete. Um, I, I, I'm not even Phenomenal going to. Athlete. Yeah, sure. I'm not going to label him a football player. I'm going to call him an athlete. Multi-sport um, he'll athlete be third. What's that? Multi-sport athlete now. Multi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's no Bo Jackson though. That's that's for sure. <laughs> or Deion Sanders. Or I mean, I would say even Kyler Murray would probably be better at baseball, and he hasn't played in the ML- MLB. But yeah. anyway, n- now there's Tim he- Tebow though. So who knows? Yeah. Um, Tebow is going to be 34 when the season starts. He's never played tight end. Never. He's a quarterback. Not in college. Only, I don't know about high school, but definitely not college, obviously. And he's, he's, Yeah, I mean, I would assume if he played quarterback at the University of Florida that he probably played quarterback um, at in, in high school as well. I mean, unless he got to Florida and Florida's like, no, 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 we already have Aaron Hernandez. We don't need a second tight end. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I haven't heard that name in a while hanging around. Yeah. Um, I just I don't get it. I mean, he hasn't been active in the active in the NFL since 2012. The last time he was active was nine years ago when he was playing for the Jets. He was on the practice squad with the Patriots in 2013. He was with on the practice squad with the Eagles in 2015. And he's been trying to play baseball with the New York Mets ever since then. Let's all call this what it is. It's a public publicity stunt. This is the Jaguars 
trying to get all eyes on them, which, I mean, already all eyes are going to be on them. They just landed the first overall draft pick. They just landed, as we just discussed, Trevor Lawrence. Everyone's calling him, you know, the, you know, generational talent. Uh, You know, everyone says there's no such thing as a can't-miss prospect in the NFL, but he's the closest thing to it. Uh, All eyes were already on the Jaguars. They were probably already likely to land HBO hard knocks or whatever (laughs) the hell it is that that, uh, they they do as these off-season training camp, camera, whatever. Um, And now they they bring in Tebow. And to, to just further prove the fact that it's a publicity stunt, after they officially signed him and released, like, it was within, like, five minutes on their main NFL shop page, Tim Tebow, number 85 <laughs> jerseys, up for sale already. I and didn't know in that. the last week, the top five items in sales on the NFL shop website, all five of those items are Tim Tebow items. Like, are you, like, come on, man. Like, Tony Khan, like, you desperate <laughs> POS, man. Like, come on. Yeah, I, I was close there, Steve. I was close. You were going to have to pull out the edit button and edit that out. But I caught myself and I paused and cooler heads prevail again. Um, I mean, Tony, if you really want some marketing, if you really want to do something, like, here, I'm going to give you a free one, man. Tim Tebow. What are the first two letters of Tebow's last name? T-E. What position is he now playing? Tight end. Make a T-shirt. T-E <laughs> in capital letters. B-O-W in lowercase. I'm, I'm giving you that one for free. No, no we're not. Tony. No, we're not. We're getting royalties oh. on that if Tony ever tries to uh, make more money off that. He has enough money. We don't. All right. Steve's got we my back. Did a little I'm TM taking, there. I'm, yep. I'm taking Steve on this one. Time Tony, stamp. 9.37 p.m. East, uh, yeah. sorry, Pacific time on, yeah. I, I retract my, my statement, Tony, you don't get that for free. <laughs> I respect, I expect my royalties and you know what? If I don't get them, maybe I'll just make them. I'm going to make some Tim Tebow t-shirts and I'm going to sell them and they're going to probably sell better than your crappy, uh, basic black jerseys. That's so funny. Um, yeah, I mean, so I, I've been listening to a lot of football podcasts, uh, more than I normally do. And sort of Tebow has been a big topic of discussion over the last little bit. And um, I can't remember who it was, but they said, oh, maybe this isn't a publicity stunt. You know, this is an Urban Meyer guy. I get that part. It's a familiarity thing because Urban coached him when uh, we were, when they were in uh, the University of Florida. Um, But, Part of me also kind of wonders, like, um, how did you not know this was going to be a publicity stunt? Like, he was just playing for the, I think it was like, he might have made it to double-A baseball for the New York Mets. I think he actually only made it to a high-A. Can't remember. But everybody knew one player from minor league baseball, whether you were a baseball fan or not. Like most people can't name a single prospect that's not in the MLB. Um, everybody knew Tebow was playing minor league baseball. That's how big of a draw he is. And to say to go in there kind of like, well, we we don't see this as a publicity stunt. Give me a break. I didn't know that they uh, 
that they released the jerseys that quickly after signing him, that reaffirms it for me that this is all for show. And like, I just feel bad for Tebow. Here's a guy that like, you can tell this dude is a competitive guy. He wants to play. He wants to win. He won every, like he was a winner in college. Um, he had some early success in the NFL. I l- will always remember the throw to uh, Demarius Thomas that eliminated the Steelers from the playoffs. Um, you know, but it's just the other side of the argument that I kept hearing was he's taken a spot from a guy a younger guy, whether that's an undrafted free agent that nobody has known about, but a guy who legitimately has a shot. Like the only way Tim, and to be honest, I would not be surprised if this guy makes the 53 man roster and they're going to talk about how he's uh, a great blocker and like he's a leadership guy and, and he's a culture guy and whatever excuse they have to throw out there to the fans, to the national media to make Tim Tebow get on the 53-man roster because think of how much money they're making by marketing this guy. Is he going to be worthy of the spot? I hate to like throw a guy down who's, you know, just trying to resurrect his career. I don't think he's I don't think he plays tight end at a, at a level higher than a ton of other guys, uh, but I will call it right now. I think he makes the 53-man roster because they want to market him. Um, I don't feel bad for Tim Tebow <laughs> at all. Um, he's smart enough. He, he knows what's up. He knows what's going on. He knows that he's, he's coming in, he's doing his buddy Urban Meyer a favor, uh, by again, just putting all the spotlight on him. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's going to take away from, uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to take away from any maybe any um, camp woes that Trevor Lawrence may have because uh, everyone's going to be talking about Tim Tebow and focusing on Tim Tebow. Uh, do I think he's going to make the 53 man roster? No, I don't. But I guess I will put a little caveat in there that I could see him making the 53 man roster to again take the spotlight off of Trevor Lawrence mm. and keep the focus on himself. I don't think he's good enough to make the 53-man 53 man, 53 roster. You talk about how he's competitive. He's trying to revive his career, this, that, whatever. I call BS on that. No way. No. If you wanted to be competitive and if you wanted to uh, revive your career and play in the NFL and you wanted to switch to the, the tight end position, you should have done this 10 years ago when you got cut by the Jets. I, I get that. Instead but of trying to continue to be a quarterback. Think about these guys like... These are guys who, from the time they could walk, were the best player at probably ever, like in the early years, he was probably the best baseball player in middle school, the best football. Like he was the best of the best every single place he went. He clearly is an uber competitive guy. Like if you just go back and watch the any of his stuff from at Florida. This guy is just fired up about everything. Like he is a competitor. I, I don't think he thinks of this as I, I, maybe he thinks of it as like his resurrection thing. He probably knows that like they're bringing him on as kind of like a spotlight focus, but I definitely think this guy is coming into camp to win a spot. Like these guys, 
these guys, their pride is so like massive. Their egos are so huge that there is no way you could look at a guy like that and say, hey, we want you to come in and we want you just to be like the like the sideshow for us uh, to, uh, you know, mask Trevor Lawrence for us. No chance that Tim Tebow does that. Not a chance. Why not? If he's getting sure he's getting, you know, on the books, a, a one year, nine hundred and twenty thousand dollar contract. Money's not an object for that guy. Behind the scenes like this is going to turn into who knows what sort of marketing for him uh what sort of opportunities for him i know i know he was doing um i think he was doing the espn college game day uh like pregame stuff so maybe he turns this into and you know now he's doing i don't know i'm I'm just going to throw it out there not that i think this will happen but now maybe he's doing monday night football instead of college game day right like it, it, it i i think he's doing this to open up maybe other avenues for himself uh outside of actually being on the field like i said i mean w- within the first what three years of him being in the, in the nfl people were saying if Tim Tebow wants to remain in this league. He needs to seriously sit down, look himself in the mirror and say, I need to change positions. And now all of a sudden we're, he's almost 34 years old. And he's like, yeah, sure. Let's try tight end. Why not? (laughs) Like as a guy that's, uh, that's currently 34 years old and almost 35 years old thinking like I can just show up and do these NFL combine style, um, (laughs) competitions or, or whatever you want to call them um it's not that easy man and I, I'm, I'm not putting myself on the same level as team tim tebow as far as athleticism obviously i've never uh you know made it outside of uh Kelowna playing my my sports um but it it just to try to learn a new position and like you said blocking blocking's a whole new uh, skill set that all of a sudden he has to try to figure out. I mean, before it was like having, you know, telling everyone else how to block for him, but now he has to be that guy that's actually putting his hands on somebody and making that block, let alone everything that everything else that comes with being a tight end. Um, I mean, sure. I'm sure he can catch the ball, but can he, how can he, uh, you know, release off the line? How can he get separation from, the linebacker, the DB, the safety, whoever is covering him, all these intricacies that come with playing the tight end position. I just think he's, he's too late in his uh, career too too far advanced in age to really make a go at this new position. I I think we're on the same page with that. I do not think he is ready to be a tight end. I don't think he is going to be NFL caliber tight end. Where we disagree is I do not think this guy came in thinking I want to be the roadshow sideshow and uh, kind of be like everybody's laughing stock. I think a guy like that has way too much pride, way too much of an ego, way too competitive to ever, I guess, just like, cheapen himself to that level like this is a guy who decided he was going to I don't even remember what age he was I think he was in his late 20s 
he was going to make a run at the major leagues for baseball. And like, yes, it failed, but he got a lot further than people thought he was going to get. And again, like we could debate whether he was actually good enough for all of these things. We could debate whether, uh, you know, he's going to make the 53 man roster. Is he going to be an NFL level? No. Do I think he makes the 53 man roster? Part of me does think he's going to make it if he is even the slightest bit competent at that position because the Jags aren't winning anything this year. The Jags aren't going anywhere. This is a team that like (laughs) they bring in pools into their home stadium to attract fans. So why not let Tim Tebow take a roster spot? It counts for only one million against your cap. It's not like, you know, you're because obviously in the NFL, you can roll your cap over from year to year. So it's not like they're they're kind of like mortgaging themselves like later on down the line. Um, Yeah, I just I. I wouldn't be shocked if I had to do like a bold prediction for the season. Uh, that's going to be my big bold prediction is that he makes the 53. I'll put a, I'll put a six pack on it that he's not there week one. Yeah, You and I always make these like horrible bets where like I say something very like, yeah, this is my hot take. And you're like, guess what? You want to bet money that you're like one in a million chance like prediction comes right. I mean, I always say, yeah, sure. Why not? And I, I spend a lot of money on these bets. If you uh, don't want to accept, that's fine. Well, I, I don't think he'll be there week one. Um, we don't have to we don't have to make a bet on it. We can just uh, we can just disagree. We can, uh, you know, clip this. Uh, post it up, and uh, one of us will have to eat some humble pie, I guess, come September. Yeah. Yeah, if I'm going to make a bet on this, it's got to be like, I'll I'll buy you a can of beer, and you have to buy me, like, a flat of beer. That would be maybe even a cube. That's how, like... Odds. It's, yeah, yeah. It, it's a hot take. Like, do I think it's going to happen? <sighs> no, but I again, I wouldn't be surprised, and yeah, that's going to be my hot take. Um, enough about the stinky Jaguars though. They, uh, Hey, you know what we can agree on? That Desperation. Desperado. We should play Desperado. that song. We should tag him on that. Hey? We should. <laughs> hey, hey, Tony, you look, I know you're listening. <laughs> He's always trolling Twitter to get in fights with nobody's. He's just Googling his, constantly searching his name. What, they said, what about me? Nobody Who's talking about me now? About me? Uh, you know, uh, lot you know after tebow gets cut out of jaguars camp i fully expect him to show up in uh tony's other venture all elite wrestling <laughs> and uh and next thing you know he's gonna be the uh the the david arquette uh you know i, I don't know if you remember that when david arquette showed up at wcw and won their uh their world championship uh, I fully expect Tebow to get cut, show up at AEW, and, and win their world championship just to, uh, you know, poo-poo on on his uh, whole wrestling franchise, too. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, we're going to move on to some real fun news now. Um, the one that's kind of taken, I guess, everybody by storm in the last uh, really couple days. It's been It's been festering for a while, but I think things are starting to heat up and I don't that could be national media but we're obviously talking about Julio Jones um the reports are that uh they are you know I guess entertaining offers might be the best way to put it um 
if you have the athletic, uh, Jeff Schultz, uh, had a really good article on Thursday. Um, and it was titled, uh, Falcons may trade Julio Jones. So let's clear up the misconceptions. Why? And I just thought, uh, Jeff did a really good job of, he starts off by saying the salary cap problem is real. And I think he says something about how I want to say it was like half a million dollars. So the Falcons have uh, half a million dollars, but they haven't signed their rookie class. So they're literally unable to sign Kyle Pitts, who they picked fourth overall, who's like this Hall of Fame gold jacket type guy. Another Florida guy, since we're on the Florida theme. Um, Jesus Christ, you want to talk about hot takes? The guy's not even played a snap in the NFL and you're already giving him a gold jacket. Holy no, that's crap, a, that, that was kind of like a lot of, uh, I guess, NFL insiders and media say that this guy is like Hall of Fame type talent. Um, so basically, they need seven to eight million dollars to sign their rookie class. And this is why a lot of fans kind of freak out before the draft and free agency. And they're like, my team has like 10 million dollars in draft or in cap space why aren't we using it why aren't we signing people well your gm's smarter than you are for one and they well some gms are i guess and so they need seven eight million dollars to sign their rookie class and they have uh, you know roughly five hundred thousand dollars and so shy of what jeff started talking about was shy of uh cutting basically a ton of different starters. Uh, there are only two players left on that roster to create cap space. So I'm just on uh, the Falcons uh, cap uh, on spot track here. And so Julio Jones is one of those guys. This is why his name keeps resurfacing because he's going to make uh, $23 million this year. And the other guy is Grady Jarrett, who is third on the team in cap charge of 20.833. And so how this all got around to Julio Jones is obviously with Grady Jarrett, there, there's a restructure kind of idea because I think he's only 28 years old or he just turned 28 years old. They really like him. He's the best player on the defense. And so a restructure was kind of thought of. Now, this is where it gets kind of interesting. The The latest rumor is that they have not even talked to Grady Jarrett yet about a restructured contract. So naturally, what do they see? They see, oh, well, there's Julio Jones. And Julio is, you know, tw- uh, 32 years old. He's missed some time lately due to injury. And uh, that's kind of where uh, the the talk started going to Julio Jones. So um, obviously he won't be cut or traded until after June 1st. I don't think he's going to be cut, but um, what would happen is they would carry $7.75 million in dead cap, but they would save $15.3 million by trading him away. So that's where all of this Julio Jones kind of why his name is resurfacing. So Chris, what do you what do you think? What's your initial reaction? Do you think Julio Jones is going to get traded and um maybe like what would you give? What what would be kind of like your 
your price tag if you are the Falcons, if you have to create cap space? Yeah, I mean, with uh, with Julio, um, you mentioned his age there, that he's 32 years old. Um, I just, I don't know, like, I love Julio Jones, don't get me wrong. He is one of the best wide receivers in that we will witness or have I, I maybe not will but have witnessed um in our NFL watching days but he's 32 and he has dealt with some injury issues and he uh, was it two years ago or three years ago where he didn't score a touchdown the entire year? He put up stupid, stupid numbers, um, but he didn't score a touchdown for the entire year. Um, which, I mean, that that could be just that, that that's not all on him. I'm, I'm not saying that's that's all his fault that he didn't score uh, any touchdowns in, in one season. Um, that could be scheme. That could be quarterbacking. That could be whatever. Um I just I I don't know if the Falcons are going to get what they're looking for. And I see all the, you know, all these teams on or not all these teams, all these fans on Twitter talking about, you know, I mean, of course, everyone wants Julio Jones, but I think everyone wants Julio Jones based on what Julio Jones used to Mm -hmm. be, maybe not what he is, um, you know, today. So what do you, Um, what do you think the fans want? Like maybe it's fans and or the Falcons. Like, what do you, what do you think their number is that they're looking for? Like, what's their compensation? I'll, I'll just give you an example that I saw from, uh, from a Seahawks fan, uh, mock trade Seattle receives Julio Jones. Atlanta receives Tyler Lockett, a 2022 second round pick and Ryan Neal. Hmm. And I mean, initially, when you look at that, you're like, yeah, like, sure. Like, I would love to have like Julio Jones, DK Metcalf, uh, D Eskridge in the same offense, which, by the way, uh, Dwayne Eskridge has advised everybody that he goes by D. Um, (laughs) So I'm. From now on, when you hear D. Eskridge, that's who I'm referring to. I just thought you were being lazy. Um, no. Uh, so it's, it's like, yeah, like uh, when you see that initially on paper, you're like, yeah, sure. Like that that's that's not a bad deal. Um, but again, you're getting 32-year-old Julio Jones, who's dealt with some injury issues the last few years. You're giving up a 2022 second-round pick, which draft picks have uh, definitely been – at a premium for Seattle uh, this year and next year after the Jamal Adams trade. Um, it's not like uh, Tyler Lockett is old either. So you're sending back to Atlanta, uh, twenty, almost 29-year-old. Uh, he'll be 29 in September. 29-year-old Tyler Lockett and Ryan Neal, which Ryan Neal proved last year that in a pinch – he could be a starter. I mean, when Jamal Adams was hurt, he was the guy that they plugged in 
and he didn't look out of place. I mean, he had a couple, he had the, the, the game ending interception against the Cowboys last year. Uh, so I just, I don't know. I, I, I feel like when I saw that, like after, you know, breaking it all down, it feels like that's a lot to pay for a guy that is at the ass end of his career. Um, I honestly, like I said, I, I, I don't know if Atlanta is going to get what they want. I honestly don't think, I would be surprised if he's traded, Steve, if, I, if I'm being perfectly honest. Yeah, me too. I don't think he's traded out of Atlanta because I don't think, and, and that, here's the other thing is, if Atlanta wants to trade Julio Jones and blow this whole thing up, because that's really that that's that's what it's doing to this I, offense. I don't know if that blows it up. Look, when he got injured, Calvin Ridley stepped up as a wide receiver one. Like he played out sure. of his mind, and now you have Hayden Hurst there. You have uh, Kyle Pitts coming in there. Like I don't know if it blows it up. I wouldn't characterize trading him as blowing the whole thing up. Sure, Ridley played well when Julio was hurt, but. It, you have the fourth overall draft pick and you have Matt Ryan at quarterback and you decide to draft a tight end in Kyle Pitts. To me, that says we're going for it. This Mm -hmm. is our, what we view as our last really serviceable year from Matt Ryan this is our last year in our, you know, let's, let's call it our window with Matt Ryan. And let's let's go for it. Let's draft the best player available. Let's take Kyle Pitts. Let's put him in our, our, our offense with Julio Jones, with uh, Calvin Ridley. They just signed Mike Davis to play running back. Um, you know, uh, he, he lost the Quadzilla uh, <laughs> competition. Um, let's go for it. Right. Let's let's do this thing. And let's go for it. Let's try to win a Super Bowl with this roster and and see what we can do. But now trading Julio. OK, so they trade Julio. And sure, Calvin really can be the number one guy. But who's the number two? OK, so I, I mean, and sure, you, you can say it's going to be Kyle Pitts. But who's the number two wide receiver? And why not just really make a push to try why take Kyle Pitts if you plan on trading Julio Jones why not take a quarterback there and say okay we're going to take a quarterback here we're going to trade Julio Matt Ryan's still going to start this year and we're going to groom this guy to be our starter next year and we'll take another wide receiver next year I I, I just I, I don't I don't get it Okay, so I I think I agree with you that I I just don't see them trading Julio because he's been there for so long. He's such an iconic part of that team. Um, The reason I've got a couple of reasons why I think he will get traded, though. And one of them is if uh, if Tom Brady can go to another team, anybody can go to another team. I think that's what that showed us, first of all. Number two they have to sign their draft class. Like the, I think um, Jeff Schultz, one of one of the parts of his article was uh, the, the salary cap problem that they're in is a real problem. There is a reason why Kyle Pitts isn't signed. There's a reason why their whole draft class isn't signed. They need cap space. And uh, 
if they are going for it, they are not willing to just blow up this entire team by cutting that starter and cutting that starter and cutting that starter. So his article kind of goes through like there's literally two guys left. Now, the other there is an option to restructure uh, Julio Jones's deal, but they're already handicapped by restructuring Matt Ryan's deal and like they owe him so much money and he's getting up there in age. I think he's like mid 30s. So they are not going to restructure Julio's deal again. Maybe if he takes just a straight up pay cut. So this is where it kept going back to. There's literally only two guys on the Falcons uh, roster that could create some sort of serviceable amount of cap space to where they could sign their draft class. And Grady Jarrett is the one. Now, the even funnier thing about this is um, Grady Jarrett's uh, agent, Todd France, is not known for being the easiest guy to negotiate with for team-friendly contracts. If you know anything about who they represent, the last deal that Todd France, I think, did that was a big one was Dak Prescott. And he played hardball and hardball and hardball, and he got a massive mega deal that, say whatever you want about Dak, I think he's awesome, and I think he deserved it all. Um, And so you haven't even talked to a guy who is a notoriously hard guy to to deal with. So I guess there's just like the reason why I keep thinking this is even possible. And like, I just can't see Julio in another uniform. I think it's possible because of the corner they've put themselves in shy of actually like strapping themselves down as like a, we're going to do this for one year and then, um, and then we're going to have like seven or eight really horrible years. Uh, I just really think there's a possibility that he does get traded. Now, the the kind of interesting things that you were just talking about were, well, what kind of compensation could you get for him? And so, uh, who was it? I think it was just the athletic staff. I've been reading a lot of athletic lately. They, they talked about three teams in particular, and I think there was another article that had mentioned um, basically the categories for who would be a realistic suitor for Julio Jones. I think it was like the Ravens, the 49ers, the Patriots, the Colts, Chargers, and like it was rumored that the Titans were there also, but they're really close to the cap ceiling. And so a couple really interesting things were brought out there. And I'm just going to read these ones out to you. And I don't know, maybe you can respond to them or it'll at least get it out there for people. Um, so the one that the athletic staff did, San Francisco, the offer would be a second round draft pick. And it would be a conditional second round pick that Julio plays at least 12 games. And then they kind of go into why this would work and why it wouldn't. Um, the Patriots... The offer was Nikhil Harry and a conditional third round pick. And the condition becomes uh, is if he plays at least 15 games, it becomes a second rounder. And then, of course, they go into that a little more. Um, And then I'm just going to read one more. Yeah, sorry. And so the final one was the Ravens. And I'm not going to respond to this because we have a mailbag question later on. That's uh, pretty close to this. And so the offer was. From the athletic staff, they said a 2022 second round pick, 
a fourth round pick in the same draft and receiver Miles Boykin. And those were kind of like the three ones that could make sense. Now, the other added layer of complex complexity, I guess, was would there be conditions in this to where we see a baseball style deal where the team getting Julio would maybe offer a little bit more if the Falcons were willing to uh, eat some of his cap. And obviously they're doing this to get cap space, but they were talking like maybe 4 million or 5 million. So what do you, what do you think of those? Um, Of those three, three teams you listed, I actually really like that Patriots offer. Um, I, I think that's a, I think that's a fair deal um a conditional third that could turn into a second if he plays i think he said 15 games Nikhil harry um who has never really lived up to expectations in foxborough um maybe a a a new system a new team a new uh new scenario new new sorry remember you were talking about like who would be calvin ridley's number two it, yeah exactly yeah it, it, that that's exactly what i mean right like he could be a guy that could go into a new situation um and be a number two rather than being relied on to be a number one um miles boykin is another guy that could go into atlanta and and be a number two um it, it, it's funny because the ravens were offering in that scenario from the athletic uh, I think one more pick than what the Patriots were offering, but I still like the Patriots offer better. Um, of those teams that you just listed, I, I know the Titans have been, uh, um, I think, kind of leading the rumor mill lately because Derrick Henry, uh, oh, you know, right. when he saw right. when he saw that you know the Falcons were shopping Julio, Derrick Henry quote tweeted that saying Titan the F up. Uh, and then there was the video of him and Julio working out together. Uh, so there's, there's that, but I mean, they're Alabama boys, right? They, they went to the same school. They probably always work out together. It's just now it's like, Oh, wait a second. Julio might be available. Let's post this video guys. Yeah. Let's get it out there. Yeah. Um, of those teams though, if I'm being honest, you, you didn't mention if there was an, any sort of hypothetical, uh, trade offer, I would love to see Julio in LA with Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Yeah. I think that would be an ideal landing spot for him. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Julio Jones. Like, well, I think Mike Williams signed... would probably have to be part of that package coming back. Um, but you think even so? Ke- Oh, yeah. 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 Uh. That, that's a tough one too because Mike Williams' cap hit is super super high. Um, I only know that because that's there was a lot of that's... talk about him. Uh, it was like something like him and something else for Orlando Brown Jr. way back before okay. he got traded. So, yeah, and that's that's another guy that's battled some injury issues of his own. Um, which I mean, he's younger than Julio. Um, I'll, I'll give Julio a bit of a pass with dealing with injuries as he gets older. Um, but I mean, God, I would love to see that offense sign me up. I'm drafting Justin Herbert. Uh, I'm drafting at least one of those other receivers to get the stack and, uh, in in (laughs) fantasy, just sign me up for that offense. That would be so much fun to watch. 
Um, but yeah, like, like I said, of the three scenarios that you presented there, I think the Rave or sorry, uh, the Patriots um, makes the most sense. Yeah, I completely Again, agree. Par- pair him up, pair him up with another Alabama boy in Mac Jones. Yeah, that's right. Bill Bill loves his Alabama boys, so it would make yeah. sense. Yeah. All right, it's uh, time for everybody's favorite segment, uh, really across the internet world, not just even our own show here, but everybody's favorite internet segment. We've got third down. What's uh, on the agenda for us today, Chris? Yeah, uh, the world famous third down segment where we have our guests tell us that they hate their lives (laughs) and uh, they can't believe I'm doing this to them. And I believe I asked one of our guests to pick between their, you know, pick their favorite child. Essentially. Uh, But uh, what's that? Uh, Pretty, pretty much like I'm pretty sure when we had Sarah on, I, I, I referenced that it was pretty much like picking between your two children. Like, you, you know, you got to do it. You got the gun to your head. What do you do? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, quick rules breakdown for anybody that's new here. Uh, it's a third down segment, head to head matchups. Steve picks the winners. If we have a guest, which we don't tonight, they would also be involved. I recap everything uh, of Steve's picks. He gives me his MVP. Uh, so after last week, where we were talking about some of the famous traditions in sports, uh, you know, the the Iceland soccer team and their skull clap, the <laughs> Lambo leap, and, uh, and, you know, some of the other, you know, famous ones that are out there. I mean, of course, it got me thinking, what are, what are some of the best traditions in sports? Um, so that's that's where we're going to this week, Steve. We're going to... Going to talk about some of the best traditions. It's not just football. We're a little all, all over the place this week. Uh, looks like I've got six matchups for you. Um, so, of course, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. I said, are <laughs> you ready? Third down. And now that everybody's bleeding from the ears, of course, we're ready to, uh, you know, empty our drain our ears out and ready for the third down sorry everyone we were talking about uh the attitude era wwf before we got on here so i couldn't help myself there <laughs> um b- before we get into the matchups i did want to mention some honorable mentions and i didn't include these ones because i knew th- this one particular would have been your mvp and I didn't want to, uh, you know, have everything be as predictable as you were last week. Um, <laughs> the Ray Lewis squirrel dance. I oh, have excluded. Come on. Uh, come on. Like I said, you were too predictable last week. You can't be predictable this week. Um, yeah, I was I was the only other... one who picked Brett Favre. How, how was that predictable? You picked the Lambo Leap as your MVP last week, and we both said it at the exact same, ta- same time. We <laughs> counted to three and everything. You had a 50-50 shot of guessing it. Like, What do you mean 50-50? You had four options. Oh, man. We never mind. I mean, don't get me wrong. The Ray Lewis squirrel dance is cool, but I didn't include it. Coolest tradition. I knew you. it would have been your MVP. And if you pick it this week, you're disqualified. A couple other honorable mentions, um, just because I want to mention my own team as well. Um, so the, 
I wrote down pike market fish throwing, which I know technically isn't a Seahawks thing, but like it seems like every time Sunday night football, Thursday night football, or Monday night football is in Seattle, they are always in pike market. <laughs> uh, and they always have to show like some sort of TV clip of uh, one of the, either one of the guys in the market catching a fish or one of the guys that works for the, for the network catching, catching a fish or, or whatever. So I, I included that as well. Uh, first matchup here though, we've got the Detroit Red Wings and their fans throwing the octopus on the ice during the playoffs versus the hockey playoff beards which I believe was introduced by the 1982 New York Islanders, um, which fun fact, I actually have a beard to this day because of the 2011 Vancouver Canucks. Uh, so what is your, uh, what is your pick there for, uh, for tradition, the octopus or the playoff beard? Isn't that a little ironic that uh, the Islanders first did the playoff beard and then, they hired a GM in Lou Lamarillo that does not allow his players to have any sort of facial hair, like how backwards that idea is. Um, it, it's also kind of funny because I think the octopus throw is now been outlawed. I, I would have to look into that, but I believe a couple of years ago they stopped doing it. Maybe it was like a PETA thing that where they're like, you can't throw dead octopus on the, I, I don't know. Um, I always I always thought that was really cool. The easy road here would be to do playoff beard. I think most guys who watch sports have at least attempted a playoff beard at some point in their life. You know, you've got the people like me when I was in my early 20s. Uh, you'd have to start growing it like 45 days before the playoffs even started. And then you kind of look like Sidney Crosby with like the the half scruff like attempt and everyone like on the team is like, Oh, like you, you tried, you really, you tried hard, bud, but you, you missed out. Um, I actually have to go with the octopus throw here because it's so like, it's so unbelievably unique. And like, I, I don't to this day, I've never figured out why they originally did that. Uh, but just, it reminds me of like the old school nineties, uh, rock'em sock'em videos. And you have, uh or not rock'em sock'em the uh what were the ones don cherry did can't remember what they were yeah, called. Rock em, was it rock'em rock sock'em yep. okay um yeah it always reminded me of that because there was always one clip of him in uh joe lewis arena and then i think he even participated in it. so i'll go with the octopus throw i i i think that that's a a, a great choice and it's funny that you mentioned um you know back in your early twenties trying to grow the playoff beard to support the team or whatever. Um, everyone. So you can see, I just air quoted supporting the team. Um, when I look back on the 2011 Vancouver Canucks Stanley cup finals playoff run from, I mean, 10 years ago, um, what I thought was a good, <laughs> good, good beard then Compared to what I can grow as a beard now, 10 years later, it, it, it always kind of makes me laugh when um, I, I, I think I posted like weekly updates on Facebook and I always get the Facebook memories now, 10 years later, like playoff beard week seven or, <laughs> or whatever the hell it was. And it's just like I always get a good chuckle out of it because this is like 
you know, playoff beard week seven from 10 years ago is, you know, beard, like a one, two week beard now. <laughs> um, but to my credit, that playoff beard won me uh, playoff tickets. So, so it was totally worth I'll, it. I'll, totally worth it. Totally redeemed um, yourself. But I, I agree. The octopus is just, it's such an iconic thing for the, for, for the Red Wings. And, you know, the, the maintenance guy goes out there, he picks it up, he swings it around his head. <laughs> and, and it's just, it, 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 it screams late 90s hockey to yeah. me. You know, the Iserman, Shanahan, uh, Red Wings years. And just to fill you in, why they did it, um, apparently it st- goes all the way back to the original six years. Uh, where somebody threw it on the ice, uh, where each tentacle, so eight tentacles, uh, uh, resembled how many wins they needed mm. to win the Stanley Cup. Which is funny to think that, you know, now in 2021, you need 16 wins to win the Stanley Cup. So, Throw two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next matchup, we're going back down to the ice. And, uh, you know, guy scores a hat trick in hockey. And what do you do? You take your hat off. You chuck it on the ice. Uh, that's a that's a huge tradition in uh, in hockey. I don't think you see that in any other sport where a guy scores three goals and uh, and all the fans take their hats off and and throw it onto the playing surface. Versus the baseball curtain call, hmm. which of of course guy hits a hits a home run and uh, usually when it's a more important home run. And the the crowd is still, you know, giving giving him that extra long standing ovation. He goes down into the dugout, comes back out, tips his cap, and and you know, kind of that that thank you to the fans. Yeah, th- those are two really good ones. Um, I I like the curtain call. I think it's kind of like that classy, respectful. Give the guy his kind of moment in the in the spotlight to shine and kind of relish in it. I feel like the curtain call has kind of been replaced by like the theatrics around the bases now, like whether that's a bat flip or as they're, you know, being a Jays fan and Carnassian would run a, get across first base and he'd have the parrot on his, uh, on his shoulder or, you know, guys coming in to home base and they've got these, like sometimes it's like prayers up or, you know, whatever those are, I think that's kind of replaced the curtain call. But what has not gone away is throwing your 50 plus dollar hat on the ice when a guy scores three goals. I I've only actually ever done it once because I'm too damn cheap to go buy a new hat. And usually I'm wearing like maybe my favorite hat if it's out for an event. So, you know, why do I want to do that? I, I can't even remember where I was when I, I saw a hat trick and I was like, I don't want to do this. Like I love my hats. I love collecting them. And I was like, you know what? You got to do it at least once. Uh, and I did. And I think now they even take the hats if they're in good enough condition. And I think they give them to um, like people in need to get hats. So that's kind of cool too. I'll, I'll pick the hattie. I, um, I have, luckily never been put in a position uh to have to throw my hat or not i've never witnessed a hat trick uh live but i know full well 
that I mean, typically when I go to a sporting event, I'm kind of in one. Um, so I know in one Chris would be taking that hat off and chucking it. I'd probably be ripping hats off people around me and throwing those on the ice too. Um, I, uh, I, I, uh, I, I guess fun fact in one Chris has also started the wave at a hockey game once upon a time, which, um, also, fun fact to go along with that, I knocked my wife's drink out of her hand and spilled it on the people behind us. But that <laughs> is not the fun part of the story. The fun part of the story is I started the wave at a Canucks game and Kevin Bieksa tweeted about it afterwards. Um, but I don't know, man. Fame. Yeah, I think I would have taken the curtain call there. Um, but I respect your answer, I guess. I mean, one um, has a name, like... Hockey players know, like, when you get a hat trick, you don't even say hat trick. It's a hattie, right? It, 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 it's now become, like, you've got, like, a nickname for it, too. Like, you never say, like, oh, yeah, I just got a curdie. Or at least, uh, not that I've heard there's, like, a nickname with it. It's just, yeah. I mean, as long as nobody uh, scores the uh, the Joe Thornton special. <laughs> Nobody scores four goals. Don't let Joe, Thor- Joe Thornton score four uh, four goal four goals, guys. And uh, for anybody who's listening that doesn't know what I'm referring to, Google it. Google Joe Thornton four goals. Um, <laughs> next matchup, we have the uh, the the classic uh, Gatorade shower. We just won a championship. Let's dunk the coach in some Gatorade. Versus the NCAA basketball championship, cutting down the net. Mm. Ooh, this is this is an interesting one because they're both championships. So I've always wondered what prompted the idea of having grownups who are hyped up on adrenaline grab a ladder and climb up a ladder with scissors and part of me always like looks at it and be like oh please don't drop the scissors on their head or please don't fall off and stab yourself um i love my pick is the gatorade bath for many reasons uh one there's super bowl prop bets on what color of gatorade shower you're going to get and i love prop bets they are so much fun um, and I love the ones where they go wrong. And by go wrong, I mean like they're chasing the coach and the coach is too like, I don't know. I don't know if afraid is the right word, but like they're so dead set on like, you are not Gatorade showering me that they try and run away. And usually like someone trips or like the, the, the tub of Gatorade falls out and it's just like this awkward chase. And I love that because if I'm a coach and I just want a Super Bowl or like a big game like that, like, please, please douse me in that. Like, I don't care. These They're just clothes. They're probably free clothes. I'm going to get new ones anyways. Um, yeah, the, the Gatorade bath is so cool. And, and I love the coach's reaction. Like, I'm sure it's somewhat cold, but like they always look so, so like, whoa, I just got a Gatorade. Of course, you know, you're going to get a Gatorade bath. Like, stop the theatrics. Like, just let it happen. Like. Put your hands up and like, yeah, I don't know. I love Gatorade bath though. To the coaches that run away from the Gatorade shower, <laughs> man the F up. 
Yeah, grow up. Like, you you know it's like Steve said. You know it's coming. You know your team just won the Super Bowl. You know your players have a full like. I'm sure teams have a full thing of Gatorade on the <laughs> sideline, and it's like got a a, a, a duct tape thing on it, being like, "This Not is for the, consumption." The, this is yeah, like this is the the, the championship coach one. Like <laughs> it, it just every team probably has that full thing of Gatorade on the sideline just for the coach, so you know it's coming and just accept it. Like you, like Steve said. Throw your hands up, embrace it. Maybe, tr- maybe try to drink some, but you know, try to hydrate yourself before you drink all that beer and champagne. Like, imagine a first know. coach that like knows it's coming and just like has his cup out, and as it's coming down, he lets it like fill his cup and then slams it as well and throws his cup behind him, like something like super theatrical, where he's like, "Yeah, I just won a Super Bowl." He, he would be my favorite coach of all time, right? As long as he's not in a, a Steelers in a, coach. In a second, yeah. um. But fun, fun question. What's your favorite kind of Gatorade? Gatorade? Um, I find Gatorade a little too sweet for me. So I, I, I'm a big fan. Obviously, you can uh, you can see I, I, I'm, I'm a G2 kind of guy. Um, I'm a fruit punch first. Fruit punch first, followed by the grape. And then, you know, the orange is the orange is good. Um, blue. Meh, yuck. Um, first of all, Gatorade doesn't have names. They only have colors. Second of all, <laughs> the correct, an- the correct answer was yellow. <laughs> Oof. Oof. <laughs> I'm sorry uh, to all our listeners that had to hear that horrible take. Remember, this is the guy that does not have a palate of an adult. So, uh, his opinions cannot be held against me in any way, shape or form. <laughs> Coming from the guy that doesn't eat mushrooms. Yeah, they're fungus, literally, yeah. literally yeah. like the stuff that grows out of your toes when you don't wash it for a while. Like, OK, but children don't eat mushrooms. And you're telling me that I don't have my kids eat mushrooms. My kids my eat kids. mushrooms just fine. And they're part their mother's child. That's why they're so weird. So your children have a uh, far superior advanced palate than you do. And again, I go back to what I said, regardless of palate. Gatorade doesn't have <laughs> flavors; they have colors. That's fair. I'll concede if on that had, one. If you had said purple, red, blue, perfect. Red, I, I would have, red, ac- purple, I would have accepted. Blue. I would have accepted that. Nope. Right. Any any answer that you have now is uh, is null and void. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, next next matchup we have the uh, chance slash songs at a soccer matchup. Uh, versus the Chicago Cubs take me out to the ball game. Hmm. I feel like even if you're not a, a baseball fan, you can probably recite that song right now easily. Um, the the soccer chance I've uh, I've been to two soccer games when I uh, did a little bit of touring over in Europe and they are absolutely wild. Like it is such a fun time. I had no idea what they're saying because I didn't speak the language. Um, it sounded fun. It looked fun. I kind of wish I knew and was part of it. Um, but I'll still go with take me out to the ball game because I feel like it's a it's a North American classic that, like I said, you don't even have to be a baseball fan to to know and be able to probably recite that entire song. I 
couldn't agree more. And take me out to the ball game. It, it, it's such a classic song. Like you said, everybody knows knows the words to take me out to the ball game, and it's su- such a Cubs thing that like they bring in celebrities now to yeah. sing the song. I mean, it, it started with uh, Harry Carey. Uh, Will Ferrell has, of course, uh, you know, done his best impression. Um, they had Roseanne <laughs> do it once. They had Ozzy Osbourne do it once, and nobody knew what the hell he was saying, even though everybody knew the words. <laughs> Ozzy didn't, apparently. Uh, <laughs> he didn't know where he was, let's be real. Yeah, I, I will say the one thing with the soccer matches, I remember when I was over in Scotland uh, 15 years ago, which God damn it, I'm old. Um, <laughs> and I went to a, uh, I was at a Glasgow Rangers, uh, match. They were playing Kilmarnock and Steve, I'm sorry. You're going to have to hit the edit button here or just let it run. I don't care, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm saying it. I'm going to let it run. And the Rangers fans. So I think the Rangers won like four, nothing. And uh, the Rangers fans are chanting or singing from from the stands. You're sh- and you know it. You are sh- and you know it. You are sh- and you know it. You are. Sh-. <laughs> and I was just <laughs> dying, laughing, dying, dying, <laughs> laughing. I mean, the, that was just one of many chants or or songs during uh, during the match. Apparently, the, the week before they were playing Celtic and the Rangers fight song includes something about killing the Pope. And so they had got fined the week before for that Jeez. one. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, European soccer is something different. That's something for sure. different. Yeah. Uh, we've got a couple more matchups here. Uh, we're going back to hockey for this next one. Uh, we've got the, the, the playoff. Uh, we've been talking about playoff hockey, which I mean, most of hockey traditions come from playoffs and uh, this next one is the uh, the classic handshake line after the uh, the the series is over uh, versus tailgating, which tailgating could be really <laughs> any sport. Uh, but I mean, I'm sure it's most known with uh, with football. Um, I I like sportsmanship. Don't get me wrong. I I think being a good sport about losing takes and builds a lot of character in a person, Um, whether you're young, whether you're an adult. Um, So naturally, I should probably say that, but I've never understood why after a series you have to go shake their hands. Like, did I don't think they do it in... I haven't watched a lot of basketball over the last 15 years, but... I can't remember basketball players getting in a line uh, and do it, doing a handshake. You don't see, you know, guys uh, getting in a line in football and shaking hands after you just smashed each other's heads around for a while. Um, I don't, I don't get it. Maybe like, could you not just like have everybody kind of come out and, you know, say their pleasantries to people they want to. Cause there's always those controversies where it's like, it's a hard fought series and you know, you got like the Milan Lucic guys who are just D bags and they, they cause drama for, you know, for being poor sports about it. It just seems like, I don't know. I, I don't really get the point um, of why you have to do that. And uh, having done my first tailgate party uh, the last time I was at a football game, uh, fun fact for all you 
avid Seahawk listeners. Uh, this was the 2019 game where Marcus Peters was playing in his first game and uh, baited Russell Wilson into throwing to DK Metcalf, and he brought it back to the house for six. And uh, I was on my honeymoon with my wife, and my wife was standing up cheering, laughing at Seahawks fans. I was also doing it, and uh, you know I had already married her, but if I could have reproposed to her in that moment, I uh, 100% would have. It was the the tailgate. It was so much fun. We, uh, you just meet so many new people, and it's it's something. It's like a game before the game, right? It's something that you can look forward to. Uh, there's all types of drinks, tons of amazing food. People are just there to have a really great time. Um, I, you know, we were just kind of walking around and we got invited in by a bunch of Ravens fans, uh, just completely random. They saw that we were wearing jerseys and there wasn't very many of us around there. And I just thought it was a really cool experience. So I, I got to go tailgate here. I had a feeling you were probably going to go that way. I, I am surprised um, how much you dislike the handshake line. Um, I have always appreciated it after the end of a series. Like I, I will admit, like, so when I play lacrosse, um, we shake hands after every goddamn game and which, which whatever it, during the regular season i i have no problem with but like when we get to playoffs when we're playing a best out of three series or best out of whatever series that it is and they still expect us to shake hands after every game i'm like no it's playoffs we'll shake hands at, at the end of the series um but I, I, I get what you're saying about, like, you know, the, the theatrics. We, we all remember the uh, Sean Avery, Martin Brodeur um, series from a few years ago when the Rangers and the Devils were playing and uh, Brodeur didn't shake Avery's hand and Avery then goes to the media and says, you know, fatso over there didn't want to shake my hand <laughs> or whatever it was. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like you said, like, tailgating is just so much fun. Like, yeah. it's hard to beat tailgating uh i mean i i've never been to watch an nfl game anywhere outside of seattle so i've never you know followed my team to a visiting game so i i've never really had the the tailgating experience that you've had because you ran into ravens fans in seattle which would be super super cool and i would love to uh you know one of these days i, I will go to a seahawks game on the road and hopefully experience the, 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 you know, tailgating, uh, atmosphere that, that you had. Cause every time you talk about it, you like, you, you know, I'm surprised you remember it, um, <laughs> based on what you've told me, but you always talk about it, uh, with, you know, so, so glowingly. Yeah. It's, it's uh, just so much fun. Like, like I said, it, it's a whole event. It's this whole thing. Like the way that, NFL tailgating parties are and again I've only been to one so I, I don't really have like this big long history with it but from what I've heard from people and what I've seen is there's some people that go just to tailgate and they never go to the games like they just go to tailgate because it's so much fun or like you see people um, you know doing like mini tailgates at their house where they like have all the food and drinks and stuff like that and they invite their neighbors over and 
you know, do little tailgating stuff like that. It, it's just a lot of fun. Well, that I, I, I think that's going to be our season this year, Steve. That's right. We're, we're, yeah, we're, we're going to barbecue and drink and watch football and maybe we'll even go to a game this year. I, I, I know the Ravens aren't in Seattle this year, but uh, they're in maybe Denver. We'll, what's they're, that? They're in Denver. The Ravens are. They are. Okay. Not well. to say I've been looking at that, but once I saw <laughs> that I could not afford to mortgage my house to go to the Death Star and uh, for Monday Night Football, I was like, "Ooh, Denver, that would be fun." Well, maybe maybe we can join Andrew and uh, and I'm sure his brother's going to go as well. Andrew from uh, you know the ATT podcast and uh, go down and watch the Seahawks and the Lions. You can cheer for the Lions. I don't care. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm okay with you cheering against me as well. Um, it would just it, it would be a lot of fun. I mean, we've never been totally. to a game together, so we'll, we'll see. That that's all fair conversation. Um, last matchup here, Steve. We've got the so this is I probably what I would call the the heavyweight matchup of the battle. We've got the New Zealand All Blacks doing their haka versus the Olympic medal ceremonies, which I mean, that includes, you know, uh, receiving the medal, the flowers, the, the national anthem, like there's the, the whole ordeal with the Olympic medal ceremony. Um, so two fairly large moments, I would say in sports traditions. I mean, everybody knows what the, the all blacks Haka is. Um, what, what's your, what's your last pick here? Well, I, uh, I think national anthems, whether it's before a game or when you're receiving a medal is totally outdated. And I think they're, again, it's like the handshake. I don't get it. I think it's stupid. Um, I, I, I have no idea why somebody thinks that words that were written like hundreds of years ago are supposed to resonate with me, uh, before I watch, uh, two people hit a puck around, um, I also could care less if I got flowers after like running a hundred meter dash. Um, but one of those is a heavyweight and that's the Haka cause they intimidate the hell out of their opponents and they've been doing it forever. And when you think about rugby, you think like, you know, big tough guys or, or, or girls that, you know, aren't afraid to, to mix it up. And uh, when you are the tough of the tough, intimidating other tough people with the haka, um, I've always thought it was one of the coolest traditions in like all of sports. I I love the haka. <laughs> I am surprised by your answer. Um, I agree about the national anthem before a sporting event. I think it's pointless. I, I I don't think it, why in an NFL game, NHL game, uh, MLB, whatever, why is the national anthem played before, um, any North American sporting event? And why is it only, I guess, then the Canadian or national anthem or both? Um, in the Olympic setting, you just want a medal for your country. 
And for that, you actually want it for yourself. You're just representing a country where you were born. You didn't actually win it for them. I want my own national anthem played. Like I want to, I want to create a national anthem and I want that played when I win a gold medal. Steve is a douchebag. Steve is a douchebag. Steve is a douchebag. Yeah, um, I, I'm just uh, yeah. It, it you guys are learning a lot about me right now. Um, I've just never I, I, understood I, I, the the words of a national anthem. When you stop and think of them, they mean absolutely nothing to any sort of no. But yeah, it's it's national pride, right? And yes, sure, okay, you're winning the medal for yourself, but while representing your country, and it is national pride. Um, I love the Olympic uh, medal ceremonies. I love watching somebody who has given their heart and soul to their sport, um, receiving the medal for themselves on behalf of their country, whatever, however you want (laughs) to classify it. I just, I love seeing that. I mean, we see in, in, um, you know, it's not Olympics, but I'm going to say the world juniors where you see these teenagers after winning the uh, world junior hockey championship and they're they're all set lined up on the blue line uh arm in arm singing the national anthem i mean we all can picture or i guess all of us in canada can picture you know uh danny heatley and his toothless grin luke bourdon <laughs> winking at the camera as the anthem playing so th- th- there is that aspect of it you know i i guess that that sentimental aspect to it um but i will accept your answer of the hacker because i i do agree i think it's a great answer um i i think it's you know it's like i said it, it is the it, it was the heavyweight uh kind of showdown um of the third down segment this week uh quickly recap here we have the detroit red wings and their octopus we have the uh hats for the hat trick we have the all blacks hacker the uh, uh, tailgating. Sorry, excuse me. I lost track there. Uh, we have tailgating. We have take me out to the ball game. And we have the Gatorade shower. Steve, what's your MVP? Yeah, I mean, I went on a big rant about tailgating. So it, it would feel weird not to pick that. Um, so that's my answer. But there was a really close second with, with the Gatorade bath. I, I really like that one. Um as a tradition, but I'm one for one in tailgating, uh, had a blast again. Like it's one of those things that I wish was done more often in other sports. Like when you go to a hockey game or something, it's just like a, it's a fun camaraderie thing where it's like the event before the event. So, uh, tailgating for the win. I, couldn't agree more as far as like the event before the event. Like I always say to people that haven't been to an NFL game, I, I remember explaining this to uh, Nadine, my wife, before she had gone to her first NFL game, and she had been to a couple um, NHL games. We had, we had been actually to a Major League Baseball game as well before we went to an NFL game together. Um, I had been to a few NFL games, and I said to her, I said nothing compares to the nfl nothing yeah nothing and she 
I don't think she really understood. I mean, there's so many factors that play into that. I mean, you you go into an NFL stadium, you're surrounded by 70,000 people. You go to a hockey game, you're surrounded by 20,000 people. So there, there's that aspect of it as well, right? But that's what I say to people all the time. It's like, you go to an NFL game and it's an event. You go to, you know, you go to Seattle, it's a 1 p.m. kickoff. Well, you go down to the stadium at, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, or however yeah, early you may go down, even earlier, right? And you start drinking and eating and just taking in the atmosphere yeah. before you even go into the stadium for the game. It's just, it's such a different experience than um, any other sporting event that I've been to. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And that that's, you know, that like you said, nothing kind of compares to or I haven't seen anything that really compares to an NFL experience. Um, and definitely the tailgating has uh, has a new appreciation for me uh, in terms of what that does for like the football total experience. Um, we're almost at about an hour and 45 into our episode here. So we just have our mailbag left. Uh, a little bit of a a shallow mailbag this week. Uh, so for future weeks, if you guys want to, you know, ask us anything, you don't even have to wait until we, you know, send out the official Twitter release for it. If you have a, a mailbag question, just hit us up. Uh, the first one here, uh, you and I were actually, I thought we were going to get into this conversation before the podcast drop. Uh, our buddy Ryan Hank asked, uh, who is the one fantasy player, and I assume he's talking fantasy football, you despise? And I already know where Chris is going with this. He is seething. He's been seething for ever since uh, this happened to him. I could answer for him, but I want to hear the disappointment, the anguish that just loathing in his voice and you will not be disappointed before i give you the answer that you're expecting my first answer is mark ingram and that <laughs> simply goes back to i can't remember exactly what year it was i was it was in the semifinals i was up i was on my way to the finals mark ingram scored a garbage time touchdown for the saints uh, that didn't mean anything for the outcome of the game, but the combination of the yardage and the touchdown uh, meant I didn't make it to the finals on like two points. Uh, so so Mark, Mark Ingram is answer, answer number one. But the answer that Steve is expecting, the answer that Steve is looking for. The answer is that I'm going to get. Derek Henry. God damn it, I hate Derrick Henry. Um, and just to explain why I hate Derrick Henry, we are in a keeper league. Uh, Steve and I, Ryan Hank is in that league as well, uh, which guys go follow go follow Ryan Hank on Twitter at always94. Um, we're in the same keeper league. We've been in this league for, what is it, five or six years now? Oh, more than that. Uh, yeah, more than that, probably. I drafted Derrick Henry as a rookie. Uh, in our keeper league, we get to keep five players each year. One of those five players has to be a previous season rookie. So I drafted Derrick Henry as a rookie. I kept Derrick Henry after his rookie season. So now we're at two seasons of Derrick Henry. Third season of Derrick Henry, I still have him on my bench because I kept him as one of my five starters or one of my four starters, my non-rookie starters. I want to say halfway through that season, I said, you know what? Derrick Henry, it's not happening. Dropped him. 
I think a week or two later, Derrick Henry became a thing and he blew up. Hasn't looked uh, I think back it was, since. It, he's never looked back since. Exactly. And I think it was uh, two years ago. I was offered uh, Derrick Henry right. and a first for Alvin Kamara. <laughs> and my response to the, uh, the other uh, owner who offered me that trade was fire Derrick Henry into the sun. I don't want him. <laughs> oh, I, I love talking about Derrick Henry with Chris because I, I re-get that story. Like he got all of the bad that Derrick Henry could have been for any fantasy owner and literally got zero of the good um, and had to and continues to watch Derrick Henry be a very viable uh, top keeper in any fantasy league. So great question, Ryan. If I had to pick, um, I'm going to give you one kind of answer, but it's not a specific player. Um, I hate handcuffs. I absolutely hate handcuffs because they always handcuff me because I don't I don't like keeping them and the ones that I keep never like I never have an injury and it's like oh great I have the the handcuff with that that's perfect that's exactly why you get a handcuff because uh, I hate clogging my bench with handcuffs I just I absolutely despise it um but my real answer to that is referees i hate referees for fantasy football uh the very first year that we're to we're talking about right now this keeper league that chris and i are in with ryan hank uh who's our commish um i was in the finals and uh i was down by 3.9 points to our buddy darren and all of his players had played and I had Demarius Thomas left. And Demarius Thomas was playing the Bengals at the time. Um, and this was the year that Peyton was on the team. And so what happened was this was late in the game. I'm stressing out. I'm at Jersey City, actually, where I'm watching this. I'm ignoring customers. I'm being a really bad employee because all I care about is like, I got to win this fantasy football championship. And Peyton throws this ball to Demarius Thomas. He catches it one handed for 41 yards. So I am up by 0.2. And I've just won the championship and I'm like jumping around. I'm celebrating. And all of a sudden it gets called back for offensive pass interference. And when you watch the replay, the Bengals defender has two hands on Demarius Thomas pulling him like clearly it's defensive pass interference. And Demarius Thomas is a monster of a human being and he is fighting him off, like trying to like ragdoll this guy off of his hand makes this amazing catch. I get just enough yardage to get my championship and the stupid refs call it back. So I hate refs and I hate handcuffs in fantasy football um our last mailbag question here comes from mr teller trademark i like how he has the trademark in his uh in his twitter profile name and so this this was why i didn't respond to uh our earlier julio jones thing so the question is could you see the julio trade happening for the ravens maybe they give up boykin harrison and a pick so 
Um, thanks for the question, Mr. Teller. Um, you're pretty right on there with, uh, with kind of the compensation. Maybe you also read the athletic. I don't see this trade really happening. I, I think it's possible. Um, the reasons why I don't see it happening are the Ravens double dipped in the draft, uh, this year, getting two really good wide oats. Uh, last year they double dipped. They got two young wide oats who have a lot of promise. They already have Hollywood Brown. They have Boykin there, obviously. Um, and they just got Sammy Watkins. I, I see where everybody's going with this. I just don't know if it's possible. I think the Ravens would have to free up some money somewhere. Um, and I think the last thing the Ravens need, because what they don't do a lot of is just go all in, throw all their chips in one bag to win a Super Bowl. They're, they really don't do a lot of that kind of stuff. And what they would have to do is they would have to pay Julio Jones for the next three seasons. And does that mean, you know, Lamar doesn't get his contract? Uh, extended? Does that mean like you have to let go of a guy like Mark Andrews? Um, I think, would I love to see it? Yeah, I'm an Alabama fan. Uh, I, I would love to see it. I think Julio's got a lot of really good football left in him. I, I think it could be a move that kind of puts them over the top as Super Bowl uh, maybe favorites. Uh, it would also help Lamar develop, you know, a, an even deeper passing game. So, I selfishly, I would love to see it. Uh, if the compensation was maybe somewhere in that second, second, fourth and Boykin, like uh, the athletic staff had talked about, you know, maybe I, I could see it happening. Um, I, I just think the the Falcons might want more back potentially. Um, yeah, so that wraps up our mailbag. Um, we are closing in on about two hours now. And two, two episodes in a row where we just can't stop talking. Um, do you, I love the sound of my own voice. Yeah. I, I love the sound of my own, especially in a microphone. It sounds so like rugged and deep and yeah, yeah. cool, but I just love to play things. back my kids. My daughter's <laughs> like, daddy, can I listen to your podcast? And I'm like, here's daddy talking nonsense for two hours. <laughs> You're like, you just heard me talk all day. The, the last thing you want to hear is me talk just on a microphone but uh, yeah um do you have any kind of last words last Uh, comments i i do this week steve i'm not gonna say no i'm not taking the eeyore way out and i'm saying that you took the (laughs) coward's way out uh answering ryan's question he asked for a player that you despise in fantasy and you gave him handcuffs and referees you didn't give him a true answer. So you took the coward's way out, and um, I hope Ryan calls you out on that. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, other than that, no. Uh, it was a great week. We are super pumped to be part of the Dean Blundell Network. Couldn't be happier, guys. We've got other big news uh, <laughs> in the works here. Uh, keep your eyes and ears uh, opened uh, on Twitter. Uh, a couple big things happening. We can't reveal too much right now, but it is in the works. Uh, other than that, of course, go follow us over on Twitter at ballhawks underscore pod. 
I'm Chris. You can find me at PhillipsChris12. Steve, of course, over on Twitter at SSFisher87. Don't forget about our Instagram and our Facebook. We're over there as well, Ballhawks Podcast. And, of course, as I said at the open here, uh, go listen to us over on your favorite uh, podcasting platforms. Subscribe, rate, review, download. Do all those things. Keep an eye out for the Ballhawks blog. Uh, we've got it all all happening in the future here. And as always, guys, go Hawks. Peace. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network.